Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke with the It's Not About Food podcast. And today we're talking about awareness. And the Body Love card, the goddess is standing on a little hill. It sort of looks like nighttime. And she is looking at a candle that she's holding in her hand and the light off the candle. And the deer's looking up at the light as well. So she is, I feel, opening up herself to the awareness of what is being shown to her through this light. And the back of the card reads, Awareness is awakening to ourselves exactly as we are in the present moment. In order to heal our struggle with food and weight, we must become aware of eating patterns, emotions, bodily sensations, and diet fat thoughts. Only by watching and working with ourselves in the moment can we truly understand what we need. And I think for me, in my own recovery and in my practice with my clients, is that I didn't really want to be aware. I did. I liked being in denial. It was a really comfortable place for me. But as I trusted myself more, let myself be aware, awaken to myself, I realized that it's okay that these feelings, thoughts, and ideas, and wishes, and hopes, and dreams, they were already there. That I was already dealing with emotions and bodily sensations and diet fat thoughts. I was already doing it. I just told myself that I wasn't, but it was already taking place in a very deep place within me. But bringing it out into the light or bringing it out to my awareness was letting myself truly understand who I was and how I worked and what maybe needed to heal or change Or what could I just get off my own case about and let it be? I'm really grateful to have Sheila here with us today. I'm going to turn this over to her, and then we'll have a conversation about awareness. Hello, Sheila. How are you doing today? Hi, Lorelei. I'm doing great. I'm just really doing great. I'm so happy to meet you. I'm so happy to be doing this podcast, and I think... I love your deck. Thank you for sending it to me. I chose the card awareness because awareness is an amazing thing. When we become aware of our thoughts and our feelings and our depth and all of that, it can be so powerful. And I remember the first time when I was working with women who had eating disorders in the hospital, as soon as I helped them learn how to have a little bit of awareness and a little bit of mindfulness and a little bit of, oh, there's somebody inside. That would be followed with beating themselves up for not figuring this out before. Oh, for sure. Telling themselves how wrong they were. 
And so all of the awareness, I would open the door and then instantly what would flood in was all of the negative judgments, which I understand. So I've spent just all this time as a therapist and drama therapist, and I know created the Center for Healing Shame. It's, it all goes back to that first moment of when there's this awareness, how can I greet my awareness with kindness, counter-shaming, talking to myself in a kind way, and using whatever bubbles up with the awareness to make my day a better day, make my clients day a better day, and how to help them do that too. Going down the road of Oh, now I understand. Now I have to fix everything in my life that I didn't understand before. I really love what you're saying about working with people and then going, what is happening? And then it's like, oh, this is the shame. Of course, this is the shame that they wasted all these years, that they didn't do it right in the first place, that they have this issue. And I have clients who are beautiful. They're white and they're blonde and they're rich and they're thin and they're beautiful people, but they have shame about that they are struggling with this because they have so much and they should just shut the up and be okay. They think, why am I having this problem? I have so much privilege. And so they're beating themselves up for the privilege that they didn't even give themselves. We as a society gave that to them. It just is this ball of you have to untie those knots over and over again. I'm sure you're finding that in your work. So I love the name of your healingshame.com, Sheila at healingshame.com. As soon as I read that, I thought, oh, I have to have her on. Because that, to me, there's like our core self and then this shame wrapped around that core self. It's so amazing. Yeah. So how do you work with your clients about that? Because it feels overwhelming to so many of them if they start to tap into it. It's just amazing how depressing it is, how much shame people have. For I'm smiling because I'm really enjoying your question. What I found years and years ago when I was eating disorder specialist at that hospital, it's been so many years ago, what I figured out about the inner critic with those clients in that group and in that program, I was recognizing because I have an inner critic that was not attacking me about food or body or any of those things, but was just saying negative things about me. So as I learned to do drama therapy and all these things with my clients in this group, and then I was also at that time working in the hospital with substance abuse and depression and all different things, they also had an inner critic and everybody's story and everybody's inner critic was different. So I worked getting at what was the inner critic saying? What was the secret conversation inside? And I identified that everybody has a conversation. We're talking, you know, it's like we're having this conversation. At the same time, we each have like a private conversation with ourselves. Some people don't know it or some people do know it. Yeah. But in that secret conversation, there could be the inner critic attaching, attacking. There could be the inner child or the inner teenager talking to this person and saying, why haven't you figured this out yet? Or why isn't this different? So I learned right. to figure out what is that 
conversation that I call it secret, but it's an inner conversation that we all have and slowing things down in my groups. And now that I work with a lot of therapists, a lot of them, they don't even know. They're like, shame, what shame? And I'm like, we're just going to slow things down. What if somebody gives you a compliment? What if somebody says you did a good job? What comes up? Do you say, yeah, I really did? Or do you turn it around and think all the little ways that inner critic comes up and puts them down? That's the shame. It's embarrassment. And so I work with it little bit by little bit because it is healable with the way we learn to talk to ourselves in a kind way. There's all kinds of healing exercises to do this. And it starts with just that momentary pausing and listening to what is that little conversation going on? Yeah. And I think if you don't have a support system that helps you through that, it's overwhelming. I know that part of the process when I work with people and part of my own process was when I really listened to what I said about my body, it was devastating. I was so hateful. No wonder I didn't want to talk to me. I was mean as a snake. So I had to listen to what I was saying to myself. And then somehow I couldn't really get rid of it because I wasn't getting a lobotomy. I was just trying to get recovery. Those things were there, but I had to like learn how not to believe it. The not believing it is really important. And then I have another step further. The first step is be kind to yourself. Don't believe it. The next step that I've developed with my work with clients and the healing shame work is this idea of healthy shame. So if instead of not just not believing it, but what if we could do with that realization or that awareness that just came up, is there a way we can hold it, say, yeah, that's really not true. What is true is this, and just turn it around. It's like, I do this Tai Chi. I was like, years ago, I did Tai Chi. It was like this cloud hands. But at this point, I'm just, I'm counter shaming the shame that comes up. And it's what if instead of that being true, what if what is true is now you turn into healthy shame and the healthy shame can help you to heal yourself and your clients in the world. What if we transform that toxic belief into some healthy shame that allows the person to have their dignity and their voice and their creativity. And what if it begins with this conversation of what's going on inside and transforming that, not just listening to it, but transforming it into what else can I do with that conversation? That's right. I tell my clients and I found out for myself as well. Then I could look at it as a separate piece from me. Like, I had shame, I wasn't shame. I had an issue, I wasn't the issue. I had a problem, I wasn't the problem. I'm just clapping with that. I'm like so happy to hear that. Yeah. It's like... And then, what is the real problem? Maybe the society that we live in, maybe how I was taught as a child to believe something, maybe the things that happened to me that I took on as my own that didn't have anything to do with me, really. So... 
if we can use that shame, like you're saying, turn it around and use it for the good of all, it's so powerful because it's deep work. And the key of all of this, what you just said, it's deep work. We spend our lives dealing with something that we get from, like you said, society or maybe being the sensitive person in the family or an invalidating environment in any family, no matter how wonderful the family is, if somebody grew up with invalidation, competition, something that happened in their family of origin, some people get actual put-downs or siblings or parents saying, are you going to eat that or, you know, whatever. everything. Right. But if it's just an invalidating environment, if we survive that and instead of going back to what happened, we end up with this wound. And if we can go back to the, those women, those put-downs and the invalidation, and we can turn it around and we can counter shame ourselves and say, you know, that really wasn't about me. That was somebody that they were hoping that I was. And instead, given who I came into this lifetime to be, I need to be able to speak my mind and I need to be able to have my thoughts and my feelings and my creativity. So I spin that, I own it, I think that story, I transform it. And then each time I take a client back to their stories at different ages, it's like we transform each one and they get like a hero badge of what yeah. did you learn about this? What exactly. did you learn about that? And then they become, instead of the victim, they're the hero yeah. in their life story. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm. When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Rich flavor is one of your favorites. You'll want to join me on the wine road. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. Yeah, and they get that kind of idea of no wonder I did this and this because of this. You can see... That awareness gives you that open picture. Like when they make a movie, they open it up to the whole scene. Or I would think with your drama work, you open it up to the whole thing, not just this little tiny piece that's a rock in their shoe, but the whole shoe. I love it. And I want to go back to your card, which is just like amazing. And Mm. so this card of the awareness and the light behind the person and just the person is holding the, there's an animal there and just sacred symbols. It's like, this could be the beginning of somebody feeling into themselves and going deeply with whatever that light, whatever that awareness brings up at them. And when I work with women, I also work with men who have eating disorders. It's like the idea of it's who did you become because of the things that were in your family, given the society, given 
the craziness that society tells women that they have to look a certain way, be a certain way, all these different things are completely impossible. And yet that expectation and the perceived lack of control, what's an actual lack of control, we can't fix society. So what we can fix is we can begin to see, I love this light, we can begin to see in a different light. Yeah. And I take women through these embodied life stories workshops where they're telling their life story. And it starts a little bit on the first day where they tell a little bit of their life story. So anyway, I take women into tell parts of their life story and have that witnessed and have it transformed either through the witnessing of the partner and the exercise or the whole group if it's a life stories group and they're telling through improvisation and then they're telling their truth and then it becomes a new truth and whatever happened in the past it transforms and then they have a different relationship with their body and a different relationship with that inner conversation and instead of the shame putting them down We transform it and it's, okay, what can, if that wasn't toxic shame, but it was healthy shame, can we transform the toxic shame into healthy shame? Yes. And from this moment forward, have something a little bit different in your life going forward. Exactly. And reclaim those parts of yourself that has just that protective shield of shame all over it. And I've had so many women and men in group that I tell them at some point, find a picture of yourself as a little girl or a little boy and look at that little person. And almost to a T, they'll go, I don't know what was wrong with me that I thought I was too fat or I thought I was too uglier. I was just a normal little person. I had this body and it was shamed and I thought that it was something was wrong with it. But now that I really look, there was nothing wrong with it. Yes. It's so beautiful what you're saying. It's like when I have people look at their pictures and just kind of like see it was all like a story they made up or something that they were believing from the media or from something that they thought that they were supposed to look or feel or be. And that awareness that you're talking about, that they're able to look at that themselves and go, oh, I was just regular size for the person, you know, (laughs) right? that part of the self-awareness is a self-forgiveness and just being able to just kind of say, given this family of origin and given this family that we're all in and the cultural expectations and the the different races and the different ethnicities and the different genders, all of the things that society puts us to make us fit in, and I'm putting the fit in with these things. Yes. (laughs) It's trying to make us fit in, and what it actually does is, you know, diet you know, diet pills or diet books or this or that or this or that that keeps the diet industry going. And it's like the whole point of being alive and being on the planet and having a body is to enjoy our bodies and enjoy our lives. And so it's like, how do we take all of the constructs that we grew up with and give it back, put it over there and say, I hear what you're trying to help me do. And instead, I'm going to love myself 
I'm going to counter shame that. I'm going to love myself. And I'm going to have a kindness inside so that when that conversation comes up with the shoulda, woulda, coulda, there's an answer. It's, I did the best I could back then, and now I'm doing the best I can to teach and to do everything I can about all. Yes. I love that image of giving it back, wrapping it up in a big thing. I often think about when I was a little girl, my mother would go shopping for clothes and she would have me sit outside the dressing room and she would say, here, hold my package, hold my purse. And I would be sitting there holding all this stuff for my mother. And it became how I felt about my whole life when I started to recover from my eating disorder of like, I've been holding a lot of stuff that she gave me that does not belong to me. So I gave it back. Here, take it back. I don't want it. It's not mine. It's yours. You take it back. And she had her own struggles, obviously. But I just feel like we do things when we're little that we think is right. And we're supposed to do it. And the big people tell us to think this way. And so we have to think that way. It's the way that things are. I was raised in the Catholic church. I was raised in Catholic boarding schools and you had to go along to get along. And you might as well just drink the Kool-Aid with everybody else. Because if you stood out, you weren't going to make it. I had to recover a lot from a lot of stuff. It wasn't just about an eating disorder or body hatred. It was a whole way of thinking about myself. I have a lot of clients that are recovering Catholics or recovering whatever yes. you know, religion tells them about yeah. women, bodies. Yes, and exactly. So we have a little platform here for you to be able to say what's going on with you, what are you working on, and what would you like to put out in the universe? I love it. Well, let me tell you a couple things. I'm just, I'm really so touched to be here with you and that's the first thing is just mm-hmm. thank you um so touched that you reached out to me and thank I'm you your cards they're really amazing i'm gonna be sharing your cards i'm teaching right now simultaneously as this interview and teaching shame in the body which is a four-week 13-hour workshop for women who are therapists and healers oh great i'm going to tell them about your cards they're not going to believe it so that's <laughs> all of my healing shame workshops can be gotten to healingshame.com okay and i have 10 13-hour workshops a lot i do with my husband about shame and all the different aspects of shame the inner child is really important. We deal yes. with nourishment. The inner teenager is important. We deal with body image. But the shame in the body is the most amazing. And to watch people in the first hour realize, oh, wow, okay, we do developmental charts. We do, why are you thinking that way? And it's not you, it's society. And then I have, as a drama therapist, I have my website, which is SheilaRubin.com. And then I have the healing story, or I have embodied life stories workshops. And then I also do individual work if people want to work individually. And what I find is the individual work is really powerful. I have a lot of um, families that work with me because they have a kid that is, you know, being weird around food or just being weird. And I'm like, oh, I like to work with weird kids. (laughs) 
have them draw their experience and have them act it out. So I work a lot with families, individuals, kids. At this point, I'm trained in BFT with Sue Johnson and AEDP with Diana Fosha. But all this started out with just becoming a drama therapist through CIIS and all of the psychodrama and drama therapy and being able to have roles and plays and all of that. So I have a lot of tools and techniques and I have drama therapy workshops when I have enough people signing up for that. And I have, I have free <laughs> on my website. It is a free guide to resilience, strength, and hidden shame. And it's oh. just like this, I think it's like a 16 or 20 page full color guide of how to talk to your inner critic, how it might show up. My paintings are in there. The way I work with clients is in oh. there. And it's free on either website. So, I, and I will send you a link if you want so people can get that. On healingshame.com, there's all these free webinars that my husband and I did so people can just listen to an hour, three hours of the two of us talking about shame in our oh, so relationship. Great. And yeah. then there's all the, the workshops for therapists because I'm a writer. I love that you're working with therapists, yeah, healing their own stuff before they try to heal other people's stuff. <laughs> it's very important. And I started doing that because I thought most people are not taught how to work with um, shame. No. They're taught how to work with the low self-esteem or the inner critic or all these different things. But to really understand that if they work with the shame and understand the physiological ethics of shame, that if a person is in shame and the brain is in shame, that's when we slow down, we can't think, we can't talk, and what spins around is the, oh, it must be something wrong with me. It's not something wrong with you, it's the shame. So that's what came up when I was writing my graduate school thesis so many years ago. And I named that because I didn't know what that was, and I had to figure out a lot of self-research what could possibly be freezing my brain and doing that? And it's studied Portis's work. It's, oh, that is how shame freezes the mind, freezes the body, grabs hold of our emotions, reduces our emotions so that we don't get into trouble. So understanding that, it's like I finally, we've been doing the Center for Healing Shame for 10 years at least, but there's ways of teaching therapists how to work with this didn't used to be. Yes, it's so important. I remember they didn't know a lot about eating disorders when I was trying to recover. There wasn't even a word. I never heard the word anorexia or bulimia. So there just wasn't a lot of information at that time. But I remember one of my first therapists about it said, well, maybe you should just stop eating sugar and drink more water. I was like, what a friggin' genius you are. Like, I haven't already tried <laughs> every way to eat that there is still not working. And anyway, it was such a, <laughs> I was like. I've had people come to me whose doctors told them that. Right. The doctor said something similar. Why don't you just lose some weight? Or why don't you just da 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 You know, and not having any awareness of those words could be shaming to uh -uh. the person. Like when I was anorexic and starving to death, somebody said, I think you should eat a little bit more. It's like, no, no kidding. No, 
what are you talking about? Anyway, so great to talk to you about this. I'm so glad you're out there doing this work. And I wonder if you will read the bottom of the card that today I will practice. Today I will practice becoming aware of one of the following. When I'm hungry, what I'm hungry for, when I'm full, feelings that I'm having when I'm eating or worrying about my weight and or how many times throughout the day I have to diet or fat thoughts. I will do this with compassion. Oh, thank you. It is the key, isn't it? That compassion piece. I don't know any other way to heal the shame and the things that are going on with us than to develop that muscle of compassion. It just touches my heart that you develop these cards. I'm so excited that you created these cards. I'm going to send a link to the class I'm teaching now so they'll get them on and I'll be able to see where they can get these. Yeah, they're on my website. It's not about food. But Carol and I created them. We created Beyond Hunger and then many years, not that many years later, but we wrote the book, It's Not About Food. And then we wrote another book called Over It. And we just really wanted that tactile thing for people to have at home that they can grab a card every day and still be in the circle of recovery, even if long after the group was over or their time in the group was over. And it has been a wonderful tool for us and for everyone because it's truth is truth and that's what they are. I appreciate you loving them and I really am honored that you were on the show and I really thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.